Lecture topic: The yardstick of love for Prophet Muhammad. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafam. Salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'auzu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من أحب سنتي من أحيا سنتي فقد أحبني ومن أحبني كان معي في الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected Ramai Kiram, brothers and elders. The emotion that insan has within them, one of the most powerful emotions is love, muhabbat. It is muhabbat and love that drives a person to do what he does. A person who wakes up in the early part of the morning even in some place of the world it might be snowing and it's extremely cold sub zero temperatures and in that situation also he goes to see to whatever his work is to open his business to undertake whatever tasks he has there is some love that's driving him either the love for that business or the love for his family for whom he has to earn something there's love that's driving him and if there was no love he won't bother it's love that drives him and like these this many many aspects in life we don't need to go into other examples it is self evident that in so many things from morning till evening that we do it is the it is driven by love So just as all these things of dunya are driven by love the passion for akhirat that too is something to be developed and it is to the extent that there is love for Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and love for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to that extent that will drive a person to do what he's supposed to do for his dunya and akhirat meaning what will truly benefit him in dunya what will be of true goodness for him in dunya and what will be a means of gaining the everlasting bounties of akhirat to the extent of muhabbat and love for allah taala and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam to that extent this love will drive him in this direction and if this love is deficient alhamdulillah every mu'min has the muhabbat for allah taala and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam in his heart no mu'min can be devoid of this love Because if this love is out of his heart entirely, there's no iman left. So every mu'min has this love, but if it is deficient, if it is not to the required level, manamam, then there will be deficiency in many many aspects of din. So therefore, this is a key factor that a person has to work on to develop the love for Allah Tabaraka wa Taala in his heart. to enhance it to grow it and likewise the love for rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has to be brought to a point where that love drives him towards ittiba 
towards obedience and following in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Because it is nothing else that will bring him to the level of ittiba but muhabbat. So the extent of muhabbat will be the extent of ittiba. How deep that love for Nabi Karim is in his heart, that's how great will be his extent of ittiba and following in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In one hadith sharif, Nabi Kareem himself says that Man ahabba sunnati faqad ahabbani wa man ahabbani kana ma'i fil jannah That now this muhabbat of Nabi Kareem this has to be developed to a very high level but what's going to indicate that to what level this muhabbat of Nabi Kareem is in the heart So in this one hadith sharif there is an indicator there is some yardstick for us to measure on and at the same time it is a prescription too that look if you want to gain this muhabbat then we have to build this what is being discussed <coughs> Nabi Islam says man ahabba sunnati faqad ahabbani the one who loves my sunnah then indeed he has loved me and in another narration the wording is man ahya sunnati faqad ahabbani the one who brings alive my sunnah has loved me. So the one who loves me, who loves my sunnah, he loves me. And likewise the one who brings alive my sunnah, he loves me. And the one who loves me will be with me in Jannah. So what a tremendously great prescription we have been given that to be in the company of Rasulullah wasallam in Jannah, what can be a greater bounty? What can be a greater desire of a mu'min? What can be a greater aspiration? What more can a person ask for? That if he gains not Jannat only, but in fact beyond Jannat. That beyond Jannat is that he gains the company of Nabi Kareem Salaam in Jannat. So the prescription for that Nabi Salaam is saying to us, that the prescription is, Man ahya sunnati faqad ahabbani The one who brings alive my sunnah He has loved me And in the other hadith The one who loves my sunnah He has loved me And when a person loves something Then that love It demands from him It drives him To be with it So he loves the sunnah He wants to be Loving the sunnah When a person loves somebody He wants to live with him also so he loves the sunnah, he wants to live the sunnah. And this love of the sunnah and living the sunnah, making an effort to bring alive the sunnah in his own life, in his home, in his community, in the ummah at large, that this is the prescription to be raised with Nabi Kareem wasallam and be with him in Jannat. So now there's so much about the Mubarak sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam, and so much that we need to read about, we should be acquainting ourselves with his Mubarak Seerah reading the Seerah and the life history and the biography of Rasulullah learning from his Mubarak life to the extent that we learn about him, to that extent we will love him and to that extent we will love what he had passed on to us, his Mubarak way of life so in any case from his Sunnah and Sunnah is not just confined to some specific actions Sunnah in the 
sense that it has been used in the ahadith, used in the Quran Sharif, is the way of life. Way of life, it's every aspect of life is included in the way of life. Person says this is his lifestyle. So his lifestyle is not something that's only confined to his business, for example, and it's not something that is related to how he lives at home, or it's only confined to his home and not his business or whatever. It's everything in life. There's a particular style that he has adopted for himself. So that style will show in what he does, what he doesn't do, what he gives preference to and what he doesn't give preference to, what are his likes and dislikes, what he is ready to sacrifice for and what he is at a distance from. This lifestyle will determine all this. So likewise, Sunnah is a lifestyle. Sunnah is a way of life. So now, from this way of life, there is so much about it. But just to highlight a few things. In fact, two things. And these two things are things which from this entire yardstick of Sunnah. This yardstick of Sunnah which is the yardstick to judge the extent of Muhammad and love for Rasulullah And this is the means to gain his company in Jannah. So now how much we have to develop this? So now two aspects that we will learn from the Mubarak life of Rasulullah Something that was very close to his own heart was part of his Mubarak life and something he passed on to his Ummah not just in a by the way manner with very very great emphasis so now both these aspects are things that took place in the last days of the Mubarak life of Rasulullah when he was now extremely ill and at that time a person thinks of the most important things. So Nabi Kareem had already started giving indications from long before that the time to leave and depart from dunya is near. He gave the indication to Mu'az bin Jabal when he was sending him off to Yemen. And he said, perhaps when you pass by, you'll pass by my grave. I won't be around. He didn't say the last part, I won't be around. That was the meaning which Mu'az ibn understood. And he began weeping profusely. On the occasion of Hajjatul Wada, which was barely just over two months prior to the demise of Rasulullah he gave many clear indications. And then on this occasion, the ayat of the Quran Sharif also revealed, Al-Yawm Akmaltu Lakum Deenakum, that on this day Allah Ta'ala says, I have perfected for you your deen. Deen is now perfect, mission completed. This too was a clear indication that now the time of departure has come. So now when Nabi Kareem Sallallahu got very ill in the last few days, just over a week, in this time and right to the very end of time, there were some things that took place which highlight the sunnah, this way of life. One is right at the end, barely three days before he passed away, the last salah that Nabi Kareem Sallallahu performed himself in the masjid was the Maghrib Salah on that Friday before the Monday that he passed away. Before Isha he got extremely ill. He was ill from before but despite the illness he was still coming right into the Masjid performing the Salah despite his weakness, despite the illness 
But on this occasion he got extremely ill. And he was almost in a state of unconsciousness. Some time later he awoke and the first question, now it was already well into Isha time, the first question that Rasulullah asked those around him, Asallan Nas, have the Sahaba performed their Isha Salayat? So those who were around replied and said, no, they are waiting for you. Um yantazirunaka ya Rasulullah. They are waiting for you. So Nabi Kareem said, okay, let me take a bath. This might help me feel a little bit better. It might make me feel a little lighter. And maybe I would be able to make it to the masjid to perform salah. So they helped him to take a bath. And after having taken a bath, فَذَهَبَ لِيَنُوءَ فَأُهُمْ He tried to wake up, tried to stand up. But that exhaustion now was so much, and the weakness was at such a point, that that effort to try and wake up, he fell unconscious again. Can we imagine the scene? And after some time he regained consciousness. And as soon as he regained consciousness, the first question, Asallan Nas, have the Sahaba performed the Risha Salayat? He said, no, no, they're waiting. Nabi Kareem said, okay, let me take a bath again now, because he had just fallen unconscious. So again they helped him to take a bath. Again, فَزَهَبَ لِيَنُوءَ He tried to stand up for فَأُغْمِيَ عَلَيْهِ And he fell unconscious again. And again having regained consciousness, first question again, أَصَلَّ nas. Do we ask ourselves, is it Salah time? Or we get so caught up in our entertainment, sometimes we forget it's Salah time. We get so caught up in our work, in our business, in other things, with our families, with other futile things and Allah forbid haram we don't realize salah time passed Nabi Kareem Sallallahu is falling unconscious due to the extreme illness and weakness and when he regains consciousness very first question and what is the whole effort the effort repeated effort is to try and still get to the masjid and we're talking about sunnah we're talking about way of life we're talking about the example that Rasulullah said. What he presented to the Ummah. Now this is the last days of his Mubarak life. And now he's falling unconscious repeatedly. Eventually after three attempts in this manner. And after the third attempt also he fell unconscious. Now when he regained consciousness, again he asked the question. That has the Sahaba performed their Salah yet? They said no, they haven't yet performed their Salah. Now it's long into Isha time getting late also out of the consideration for the sahaba he now said muru aba bakrin fal yusalli bin nas instruct abu bakr he must now go and perform the salah he must become the imam allah ta'ala made it that in the lifetime of nabi kareem abu bakr was appointed the imam that this will become it will pave the way for what's to come that when nabi kareem will depart from this dunya Already this becomes a very clear sign for everybody that in his lifetime who Nabi Kareem Sallallahu appointed to be the Imam on his Musalla stand in his place this person will fill his place after his left dunya also in terms of now being the Amirul Mu'mineen so in any case after three attempts in this manner now the fourth attempt finally Nabi Kareem Sallallahu said to the Sahaba that inform Abu Bakr he must go and perform the salah then he went and he, Abu Bakr performed the salah and the Isha salah was completed but then this illness continued to increase and it 
was not possible for Nabi Kareem Salaam to join the Salah in the Masjid because of the extreme weakness, unable to even bring himself. But in this time, this was the example he said. And as the last moments of life were there in dunya, as he was now leaving, Hazrat Anas says, the last words, and this was the wasiyat, we all have heard the word wasiyat, somebody's parting words, person is now leaving dunya, and now his parting words, parting advice, something he said as he's leaving now, people take it very deeply to heart. My father's last words, my mother's last advice. This is the last words of none other than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Let alone anybody's parents or anybody else. Allah Ta'ala says the Nabi of Allah wa Ta'ala is closer to the believers than their own selves also. Nabi Kareem Salaam's last words, his wasiyat to his ummah, Hazrat Anas radiallahu says, the last words was As-Salah wa ma malakat imanukum. As-Salah wa ma malakat imanukum. And he continued repeating this. He says he continued repeating it until eventually there was no voice. There was no voice. The voice couldn't be heard. But you could hear the same thing gurgling from his heart, from his chest. Then the same sound was now emanating from the chest that he's saying As-Salah wa ma malakat imanukum. Be very, very conscious and careful about fulfilling your salah. The last words of our Nabi Leaving dunya in that extreme sickness and illness and passing on, this is my way of life to his ummah. Now this is the yardstick. Man ahabba sunnati faqad ahabbani. Man ahya sunnati faqad ahabbani. Man ahabbani kana ma'i fil jannah. How much have we brought this part of the life? And this is for us. This is not even something we can compromise in any way. But this was the extent to which Nabi Kareem Salaam highlighted this. So now this is a lesson for us. How much am I following in the Mubarak footsteps of my Nabi Kareem Salaam? How much have I taken his wasiyat to heart? This was emanating from the depths of his heart. When there was no voice left also. And saying this, and finally that gurgling sound in his heart and eventually his ruh left in this manner. We take to heart what the last words of our parents were, some family person, some friend, whoever. What about taking to heart the last words of our Rasulullah So in any case, this was one very, very big lesson that he even, throughout his life he gave this lesson. And at the last stages of life, he emphasized it to a level beyond that we can imagine. So this is as far as Hukukullah is concerned, the rights of Allah wa Ta'ala, Salah. The first thing that will be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah, person Salah. So now let us bring this to heart. Asar will come just now, few hours time. Let that drive us. The love for Rasulullah must drive us to the Masjid. The love for his Mubarak way, the love for, that he had for Salah and the importance that he accorded to it must drive us to the Masjid. And then not only for Asr, for Maghrib also, then for Isha as well. And then tomorrow morning Fajr time as well and throughout our lives. The love for Rasulullah apart from the fact that he is Allah's command, 
But the love for Rasulullah must bring us to the masjid for every salah. Then to just quickly deal with one other aspect that happened in the last stages of the last days of his Mubarak life. One day Nabi Karim despite his weakness, despite his illness, Fadl ibn Abbas says, Nabi Salaam told me, take my hand. So he says, I held the Mubarak hand of Rasulullah. He wanted support to be able to walk. And he says, I realized from taking his hand, his Mubarak hand in my hand, I realized that he is experiencing a very, very severe fever. And in this condition of extreme fever, extreme weakness, he says he took my hand and he with support walked into the masjid. And then came up to the member and sat down. And then he told me, call everybody. So I went and gathered. It wasn't even yet time for salah. It was prior to the Zuhar salah. This was before that extreme illness came in the last few days. But he was already quite ill. And then the Sahaba gathered. Nabi Akareem Salaam said to them, that the time to settle any hukuk has come very close. The rights, one was the rights of Allah Ta'ala, which was displayed in how we discussed the aspect about the salah. And then, the rights of people. And deen is all about these two rights. The entire deen comprises of the rights of Allah Ta'ala, all the ahkam of deen. Whether it is salah, zakat, fasting, hajj, fulfilling all the other commands of Allah Ta'ala. And extremely importantly, the rights of Allah Ta'ala, staying away from haram, staying away from sin, refraining from all the things Allah has forbidden, whether it is gambling, whether it is zina, whether it is backbiting, whether it is any other sin, whatever Allah has made haram, to stay away from it is part of hukukullah. And the other part of deen is hukukul ibad, the rights of the servants of Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi the ma'asum Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. The most beloved of Allah Taala, sinless, never hurt anybody, never ever took anybody's rights. He is coming to the masjid in this very very difficult situation, meaning physically challenging, and he comes and sits on the member, gathers the sahaba ikram, and now he addresses them and says to them, the time has come now to make sure that there is no hukuk of anybody left. So look. مَنْ كُنْتُ جَلَدْتُ لَهُ زَهْرًا فَهَذَا زَهْرِي فَلْيَسْتَقِدْ مِنْ If I ever in some way maybe I hit somebody on their back and this was meant to be an example in any other way if I hit somebody on his back for example unduly who is saying it now? Nabi Kareem is saying it in the Masjid al-Nabawi on his Mubarak member and who is addressing his the sahaba ikram who were ready to give everything, give their lives for him. He's saying to them, look, there's my back. If I ever hit anybody's back, fahada zahari falyastaqid min. Here's my back, come take revenge now. You also take your revenge. Allah man kuntu shatamtu lahu irdan fahada irdi falyastaqid minhu. If I ever said something against a person's honor, for example, Obviously, Nabi Karim never ever came anywhere close to such a thing. But he is giving us a lesson. That if I ever swore at somebody, for example, I am standing here now, take your revenge, say the same thing back to me. If I have cursed somebody, I am standing here now, say the same back. So we will level it up. We will even it out. And then he says, there is my wealth. If I have ever taken anybody's wealth wrongfully, whatever you have to claim from me, claim it now. 
And then he goes further on to say that لا يقولن رجل إني أخشى الشحناء من قبل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. Never let anybody think that I am worried that Nabi Karim صلى الله عليه وسلم might then harbor some ill feeling towards me that now I stood up in the midst of a gathering and I said that okay you are you know, you did this to me or you owing me this. Don't ever think anybody in that manner. فَإِنَّ الشَّحْنَاءَ لَيْسَتْ مِنْ طَبِيعَةِ وَلَا مِنْ شَأْنِ Harboring any ill feeling, harboring any malice is not part of my nature and neither does it behove of me. This too is a sunnah of Rasulullah Keeping the heart clean for everybody. Not harboring any malice, not harboring any dirt in the heart for anyone. And then he further then said, look I said what I said but I'm not going to suffice on this. That I said it one time, I'm done. I'm going to say it again. Then it was time for Zohar. Nabi Akareen Sallallahu performed the Zohar Salah. And then after Zohar, he came onto the mimbar again. And he repeated the whole thing. That look, if I've hurt somebody, come and take revenge. If I have said something harsh to somebody, say it to me now. Somebody's wealth, come and claim it now. And don't ever think that I'm going to harbor any malice. And then he said, further, look, if anybody is owing somebody else some rights, fulfill it now in dunya and don't ever think fuduhud dunya don't ever think I'll get disgraced فَإِنَّ فُضُوحَ الدُّنْيَا أَيْسَرُ مِنْ فُضُوحِ الْآخِرَةِ because the disgrace of dunya the humiliation or the embarrassment we may call it of dunya is far easier than the embarrassment of akhirat dunya dunya is a passing place but akhirat Allah forbid day a person gets caught in trouble that's a very difficult one that's a big problem. Then there's no chance to make any amends also. So Nabi Kareem Wasallam in his last moments of life, last days of life, these were the two very great highlights among others that he left the Ummah with. Hukukullah, the highlight of it is Salah. And to what extent he highlighted this. And Hukukul Ibad, presenting himself to the Sahaba Ikram, that please come and sort it out now. I want to meet Allah Ta'ala, this is also what he said among the things. I want to meet Allah Ta'ala in a way that I'm completely clean. Have we got that in our hearts also? I don't know when my time will come. It might be just suddenly. I want to meet Allah Ta'ala also in a condition that I'm clean. Nabi Karim Sallam was totally clean. Nobody can come to a fraction of the cleanliness of his Mubarak heart and what a wonderful life he left, lived. We can't come anywhere close to that. We are full of weaknesses and faults and sins. How much effort we have to make to clear everything out, to sort everything out, bring our salah in order five times daily. And unless there's some valid shaki reason, otherwise in the masjid we must be performing our salah. And the rights of people, together with salah, all the other aspects of deen, and fulfilling the rights of people around us, being that kind of person that Nabi Karim displayed, how he lived, within his own home, within the four walls of his home, how he conducted himself, how he lived with his wives, with people in the home, how he lived with his people around him, the Sahaba Ikram in general, this is what we have to also learn. And live a life in accordance to his way of life, his sunnah. Why? Because man ahabba sunnati faqad ahabbani. And woman ahya sunnati faqad ahabbani. The one who loves my sunnah, he has loved me. And the one who makes an effort to bring alive the sunnah, he's bringing alive salah in his home. That every person is performing their five daily salah. 
He's bringing alive the Mubarak way of life in totality by learning from the Mubarak Seerah, by reading about the Mubarak life of Rasulullah by learning about his Sunnats and bringing it alive. Then the person who loves his Mubarak way of life, who makes an effort to bring alive this Mubarak way of life, فَقَدْ أَحَبَّنِي He has indeed loved me. وَمَنْ أَحَبَّنِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ The one who has loved me, this is the sign. This is the indication that such a person will be with me in Jannah. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala bless us with the true muhabbat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi That muhabbat and love which will drive us towards ittiba and following in his Mubarak footsteps. And Allah Ta'ala make us among those who will be blessed with his Mubarak company in Jannah. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.